Welcome to our podcast series, Asked and Answered, a question and answer style session with Ron and Karis Pierce. Today's question is all about persecution. Is it still an issue for the national church planting movements around the world? So welcome with me to the studio, Karis and Ron. Well, the answer, Joy, to that question is it's never um, been a time in history, probably, when so many people have been persecuted for their faith than today. So for the national churches, it is still a huge issue, but um, they don't talk about it the same way as we do. And also the whole COVID-19 um, blanket that has been thrown over the world, uh, a lot of things have got pushed to the back and uh, back burner. So has COVID-19 made persecution worse, better, or it hasn't even uh, been an issue? No, it hasn't really even been an issue. Um, per, when you got to talk about something else. A lot of people are... Um, are looking at everything that is happening in the world today as persecution, all mm-hmm. right? And it depends on their viewpoint and what point they're trying to make and everything of that nature, and that's fine. But when you're talking about persecution of the church, as in persecution of Christians for their faith, um, in most of the national church operations around the world that we work with, which is quite a few, um, there is there's still persecution for their faith Yes, and it's going on, but it's not wrapped around COVID at all. Mm. It is basically just the fact that you are Christians, we don't like you. And it depends on how much we don't like you as to how severe it is. Sometimes it can be just ostracizing a person from a family or something of that nature socially. Mm. Other times it is beatings. Other times it is killing. And so we get reports all the time about this. Now, that being said, um, what COVID did do, was all of a sudden it was bringing the Christians into more of a spotlight because they were so different than the world. And the world was angry and scared, and, um, you know, they, were, they didn't know where to turn. They were facing death all the time, and it was, it was really tough. So that meant that their emotions, and primarily their negative emotions, were being brought to the surface. And they were angry, and they wanted to take it out on somebody. Mm. And who better to take it out on? The person that's smiling, the person that's not scared, the person who is a believer in Christ, who is living under the power of the Holy Spirit with the indwelling of the Spirit, has a new nature, and is not displaying the fruit of the flesh, and is angry and caustic and you know demanding and all these things like that. No, these are people that are love, joy, peace, gentleness, mm-hmm. goodness, It's a, and I can go on with that list. So all of a sudden, these people were standing apart, and there was envy, there was jealousy, there was hatred, there was um, violence perpetrated against the Christians under that scenario. So yes, persecution has increased under COVID, but it's the type of persecution that we were hoping for, all right? Right, and I know that we've told stories in the past, and you can find these stories on the other podcasts about persecutors who've actually been inspired by the believers who once persecuted them and then had a complete turnaround and and became believers. And that happens in multiple countries around the world. Exactly. And persecution is that fact that we will not deny Christ. We will not deny the Word of God. We will not deny anything that's associated with that. We, We just won't. But at the same time, that does cause a problem for the unbelievers because they launch out and they 
um, are defending their religion or they're defending their cause, so you can't evangelize them. And Christians want to share Jesus. So the anger does come out. And um, you're absolutely right, because many times uh, the the Christians will be taking the beating, but then the, the person beating them is stunned and surprised. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to them, even during the persecution. And their eyes are opened, and they come to Christ after the fact. So is it worth their soul for eternity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, many people say, we will take a beating so that that person will come to Christ. They will see the difference. And in many countries, um, many believers believe that this is part of being a believer, is there's persecution involved. It's not... It's not a um, an abnormality. It's just a fact. Exactly. It's not a defining statement of who they are, that no. they're persecuted. And they're told before they accept Christ in many countries where the persecution is higher, they're told that this is not going to be a free ride. Um, this is going to cost something. And it means that you're going to be hated. And you're not going to be—you'll be despised, as the Bible talks about. Well, in China in particular, right? We've talked oh, a lot yes. about that. Oh, yes. China, um, Vietnam, and the outskirts, India for sure, mm-hmm. a lot of times over there. Um, other parts of the world, you have to stand tall and be prepared for persecution. All through the Middle East, Arab mm-hmm. Middle East, uh, is a real area of persecution. Pakistan, um, that's— you don't even really hear about believers in Pakistan. No, no, there's not that many right. when I say that percentage of population. Mm-hmm. But they, they're very, very um, um, careful as right. to how to they witness, how do they uh, tell people about Jesus, just because they don't want to. Nobody wants to be persecuted. Right. Okay, it, really, you don't. But if you know that you cannot renounce, denounce the gospel, if you cannot um, come against the, the gospel being shared with these other people. You're not going to you're not going to back off. But what you are going to do is you're going to be a little cautious right. as to when you will talk. You pick your moments. I guess that's the best way. Um, and you pick your battles. Yeah, and and the idea of the persecuted church being more of the persevering church is something that you have reiterated many many times, especially for China, that they don't want to be known as the persecuted church. No, they. They downplay it all the time. They, right. they, they don't want to be known for that at all. A, a part of this joy is the fact that we in the West are looking for headlines. We are looking for excitement. Yeah. We're looking for salacious sort sensationalism. of sensationalism yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So we like to hear the blood and the gore. They do not want to talk about this overseas. And um, they want to minimize that. And they just say, this person accepted the Lord. Now, if you dig deeper... Yeah. As to how they accept the Lord, well, it's because I got beat up and I showed them what it meant to be a Christian and I and I prayed for them even while I was being beaten and they came to, okay, they never talk about that. Right. They do. They won't want to because that draws too much attention away from Jesus onto them. And that's the thing with persecution. They don't want to brag about being persecuted because they want to brag, and I'm going to use this word, about Jesus. Right. And they want to talk about him. In the West, we want to talk about ourselves, our situations. In the rest of the world where there's active growth of the church, they want to talk about what God is doing. Total different perspective on life. And would you still say that persecution is what really grows the national church? It's the, it, it doesn't grow it as much as it's the perfect environment for it to thrive in. All right? I okay. put it that way. Because the Holy Spirit causes the growth. And some places are growing without much persecution. But... 
It also does make a fertile, the soil is very fertile Mm -hmm. through persecution for the Christians to stand tall and look different. And that's the way that the Bible intended it. We would never, we would never thrive in a Mm non-hostile environment. We would never do that. And Jesus said, this is only going to get worse at the end times. I was just going to ask you, do you think it will get better? Oh, no. No. No, no. As as I, I personally, and I, I think there are many people listening to this would agree, that the birth pangs are getting closer together and more, um, more severe all the time. Birth pangs leading up to the return of Christ. And therefore, I believe that the persecution will only get greater in the countries and with the leadership of the national church that I deal with on a daily basis, you might say, uh, they are of the same opinion. Uh, they believe that that this is good times, but they're difficult times, and they do not want to go back to the old days. They want the future when more people will accept the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, in Vietnam, just as an example of this, um, uh, one of our good friends there, he's got about, oh, okay, what is it, 2,500, 3,000 churches yeah. now? It's grown a lot. It's grown a lot. And they're adding to it every day. And uh, even in the midst of the coronavirus being spread around in that country with some lockdowns at the present moment, et cetera, they're sending their evangelists out to the countryside. Well, many times the police do not want the Christians to go out into the countryside, into the villages, into the jungles, because they know very well that the people are just waiting for them there mm. to, ac- to accept Christ because they're scared Animism gives them no answers at all, worshiping the rocks and the trees and the sky and everything like that. They want to know who the creator is. So these evangelists are going into the jungle, and they're having to dodge the police to get there. And sometimes they get stopped, and they get beaten, and they get imprisoned, and they get whatever case may be Mm -hmm. on their way out to all these people. And in some situations, Joy, you'll have two or three villages all gathered together that call for an evangelist to go in to a jungle setting to these villages to explain about Jesus. So this pastor, he goes into that situation, and the first question that our good friend and the leader of this movement says, he says, the number one question they ask is, are you scared to die? And the pastor gets up and says, no, I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Then he gives his own testimony. So this is the way you start a sermon. I give my testimony. I'll explain why I'm not afraid to die because I know who has eternal life and my, my soul in his hands. And therefore, he goes that way. He builds off that testimony to describe what the gospel is, full gospel presentation. might take two, three, four days. And the people just come back all day long, sit there, eat when they have to eat, get up, discuss, come back again. Until it's all done, and then they just say at the end of four days, um, um, how many of you want to accept the Lord? And everybody raises their hand or does whatever they do, and uh, it's it's something that happens. Now, you're coming back to the police situation of persecution. Don't you think that that young pastor going out into that situation is motivated, knowing that the that the reaping of souls in a few days will be massive? And so he is motivated to go through the persecution as a hindrance and not a problem. Right. It's just a hindrance on the way to the to the fields that are ripe under harvest. And the excitement right now is that uh, in times past, the evangelists would go out looking for opportunities. Now the requests are coming in for them to come because they're waiting for them to come. Exactly. So it's not... The, it, it, the people are excited already, and the evangelists get the opportunity to go in, not trying to unearth opportunities. Exactly it. 
And, and the, another thing cares too is the fact that um, um, the communists in China, in, in well, China too, but in Vietnam where we're talking about, um, they're frustrated because people are turning away from communists in their mind and they're turning away from communist thought and they're coming to Jesus. Well, that turns up the heat a little bit of frustration <laughs> on the on the communist forces. So they, they might hit the guy a little bit harder and he might take a few more lashes <laughs> right. because of that. Okay, that's what Jesus said would be part of our lives. Right. And therefore, they don't talk about it. And when I interview these pastors, I have to pull it out of them, what was involved. And uh, they don't want to talk about it. No, right. we suffer for Jesus just look at the souls. Just look at the number of people saved. Just look at what Jesus is doing. Don't worry about me. That is the role and the model of a bond servant, which we need everywhere on the world right now. Right. The one question that's in my mind right now, is it just spreading organically the message of Jesus? Like, how are these tribal people in the outskirts of Vietnam, like, how are they even hearing? How oh. does word get out to reach a pastor to come? Oh, Rumors spread. Yeah, so it's growing, just <laughs> it's, it's, word of mouth. It's, it's word of mouth. People are changing. Like when, when you've got a whole bunch of people and they change right. so positively, not negative change, but positive change, and everybody notices the change and say, what happened to you? And then they, they, they do go between areas and they'll take that story of this group changing and that they found life and they found answers and they're happy well, that guy will walk to another village and tell that story to this village. Well, that village says, well, why are we being left out? <laughs> well, well we, we want some of that action too. And therefore, that will spread and it goes and goes. There's a lot of movement around the world. And the word about Jesus changing lives is spreading. So are, is it growing in terms of uh, church planters? Do they have enough? Do they have more than enough? Do they? We do not have enough church planters. And there's a waiting any, list any, in right. Vietnam. Wow. Um, a village is waiting to, to have someone come and explain the gospel to them. We are doing Bibles right now, a lot of them, and they're doing them in tribal languages, and they need more and more and more because this is a never-ending, beautiful circle that's right. being set up. The more new Christians, more Bibles, more Bibles, more new Christians. So mm -hmm. it keeps going, feeds itself. So that's the way it is in Vietnam. Other countries, um, it's a mixture of any times. Some are growing faster. Some are growing slower. Some are growing um, more in depth. They're deepening because revival is breaking out um, within the church in the midst of um, evangelistic outreach, which is huge. So you've got all sorts of various things in the various countries. Overall, to answer your question, mm -hmm. overall, overall, I would probably say the same thing as it's written in the Bible. The fields are white under harvest, and we don't have quite enough laborers. Mm. But the laborers are in people who can speak their language, right. who are accustomed to the situation. In other words, um, the environment that they would have to preach in. Um, it has to be national believers reaching national believers. And was God taken surprised by this great turning to God? No. And the church is growing up. It will take care of itself over there. All we have to do is we have to feed it, help it to grow right. with the aids that Empower gives. Okay, well, that is excellent and really great perspective as well because um, we definitely need to hear that in the church back here in North America. Uh, there you have it, another episode of Asked and Answered. Thank you so much, Ron and Karis. <laughs> 